You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. This is Lawrence Coletti and I'm the host for today's show, which is being recorded on location at the 2015 Florida Bar Convention in the amazingly beautiful Boca Raton Resort and Club, which of course is in Boca Raton, Florida. We're here to cover this event and its highlights for you, our listeners. And joining me now, I have another esteemed panel of guests. And on Legal Talk Network, we always introduce the judges first. We have deference for the court. So I want to go ahead and first introduce uh, Judge Michelle Sisko. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And I also have uh, Miss Annette Pitts. Welcome. Thank you. And Mr. Richard Levenstein. Hi. Thank you. Before we get into our topic today, which uh, is sounding pretty exciting, I wanted to just uh, learn a little bit more about you, and so just for the benefit of our audience. So again, we're going to start with the judge. So uh, <laughs> Judge Michelle Sisko, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you preside? Very good. Um, I am Judge Michelle Sisko. I am the incoming chair of the Florida Bar's Constitutional Judiciary Committee. And I am a circuit court judge in Tampa, Florida. I sit in the 13th Judicial Circuit. I have been a judge or will have been a judge in September for 13 years. And I am currently assigned to the trial division one, which means I try both civil and criminal jury trials. And I also handle criminal post-conviction relief matters. So I actually do three separate jobs, which I love. That sounds very busy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Annette, how about you? Thank you. Um, I run a nonprofit, a nonpartisan civic education nonprofit. It's called the Florida Law Related Education Association. This is 31 years for us. So we've been doing a lot of adult and student-based civic education. I've worked in 25 different countries and uh, last year won the Sandra Day O'Connor Award for Advancements in Civic Education. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank Richard. you. I'm Richard Levenstein. I practice law in Stewart, Florida. I am the past vice chair of the Constitutional Judiciary Committee and a charter original member of the committee and now serve as an emeritus member of that committee. And I'm the incoming vice chair of the Law-Related Education Committee of the Florida Bar. And I've been involved in civics education on the adult side and student side for about 10 years. And I have the pleasure and honor of working with both Annette and Judge Sisko on this project and many others. Great. Fantastic. Well, the reason I brought you here, we wanted to talk about your seminar today, uh, which is very complicated from what I understand. (laughs) So let me get into some of the details. Now, as I understand it, this was presented by the Constitutional Judiciary Committee, correct? Correct. That's correct. Okay. Now, the name of the event is Benchmarks Raising the Bar on Civics Education. Correct. correct. Okay. And this is being done by by the program called Benchmarks Adult Civics Education Program. That's that's correct. So I, I've got all the <laughs> recitals right. out of the way. I think that's that's I think close that enough, does, that right? covers it. Okay, so now this is an interactive program as as you were telling me before we got started the interview today. It is an interactive program designed to train lawyers and judges to take the activities that make up the benchmarks programs into their communities, such as civics groups, condominium and homeowners associations, meetings, churches and synagogues and houses of worship that have adult education classes, senior living facilities where people don't have the opportunity to get out and see these presentations and educate them about uh, our system of government, Uh, the judicial branch and the judiciary in particular in an interactive fashion so that the facilitator is interacting with the audience and making the presentation rather than just speaking to them. 
So today's seminar, what were you guys covering? What were some of the specific areas? Oh, we had a lot. We had a lot of different um, activities that we introduced. The first one was um, to give the audience a feel for the United States citizenship test to see if they could answer those questions. So we took about uh, 10 of the questions and we gave them some multiple choice answers to see how they would do on that test because there has been research to show that Americans do pretty poorly when it comes to questions about our government and how it operates. And so it's just an awareness exercise, really. Right. And if I can fill in some of those statistics. Yes, please. From the 2005 Harris poll commissioned by the Florida Bar, uh, these were the results. The majority of Florida adults were only aware of some of the basic structures of government. Less than six in ton, 10 could correctly identify the three branches of government. 18% incorrectly said local, state, and federal. 16% incorrectly said Republican, Democrat, and independent. More than half couldn't define the term separation of powers. More than one-third could not define the term checks and balances. And more of them could identify the three stooges than name three sitting United States Supreme Court justices. Well, that's a... Never mind. I'm going to keep it confidential. <laughs> <laughs> so, to what do you attribute this? I mean, obviously, it's pretty important knowledge that is not being displayed here. Well, uh, it emanated from a very specific event. So, Richard, if you want to give sure. the history, in, in 2005 and six, the Terry Schiavo litigation took place. Most of us remember that as a lengthy court proceeding, not only at the trial level, but in the, into the state and ultimately federal trial and appellate courts. And the trial judge in that case, Judge Greer from Tampa, was the subject of a million or two million death threats, uh, was excommunicated from his church and was required to have Florida Highway Patrol protection and wear a flak jacket for I think about two years after the case was decided because of the attacks on he and the judiciary as a result of his strictly applying the laws of Florida to the facts in that case. As a result of that, the bar created what was then known as the Judicial Independence Committee to in effect respond for judges to attacks on the judiciary in the media, uh, newspapers, television, and other media outlets to speak for the judiciary when it could not respond to attacks on the judiciary itself due to ethical canon restraints. After the fury of the uh, Shivo matter subsided, the focus of the committee then shifted to education of the public and the Benchmarks Adult Civics Education Program was born. Wow. So, Judge Sisko, I mean, this as a judge, you know, you, you have a very important duty to administer uh, justice and to help people resolve their disputes. And, you know, we actually had an interview with Ethan Wall yesterday. He interviewed uh, Judge uh, Belvin Perry. Yes. He's also part of the Casey Anthony case. Yes. You bring up Terry Schiavo. And in both instances, there were death threats. And this, right. is, a, this is a judge who, um, and maybe this is, and I think this is uh, to your point, uh, Richard, is that people do not understand that the judge, you know, is a person that administers the laws that we all voted on. And so it's not personal, but it's exactly. your job. You have to administer it according to what is written, if they're administered according to right. case law. Right. And so uh, you're in a difficult position because people get angry, but they don't understand you need to take your anger to the voting booth. You don't take right. it, you know, outside the courtroom into, you know, dangerous things. So back to my question to you, how... 
seeing these things, how do you feel as a judge? Well, you know, I um, I have not had such a high-profile case, and those, in all candor, are rare. But obviously, when they do occur, it's necessary that there be a vehicle for uh, the viewpoint of the judges as far as what our obligation, our duty is, that that be put forth to the public, so that there isn't so that the public is educated and informed. And that's really the most that we can do. And um, I'm just grateful that we do have the ability here in Florida um, to do that. So, I think it's really important that the public understand how judges make decisions. You know, it may be a long time since we sat in a classroom for civics or American government. So the public really needs to understand, maybe through case studies or some of these interactive activities that we do, that a judge makes decisions, as you said, based on the law and the facts, not based on personal opinions or what the public wants them to rule. So again, this reinforces that and helps people understand in a very hands-on way how the courts function and what their role is in our governmental structure. Great, great. So I think you uh, you answered this question, but how long have, so it's, it, you started at the Shivo case, so how long have you been? The Benchmarks program, I think the first rollout was in 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. By the time we developed the activities, Annette, I was Annette's assistant in developing the activities, I'm proud to say. Uh, and I think 2008 was when the first activity might have rolled out. Okay. So what are some of the successes your program has seen since it, since, uh, it got rolled out? I guess that's the, the terminology, rolled out. We have done multiple benchmarks trainings here in Florida of you know hundreds of lawyers and judges who are making who are making hundreds of lawyers and judges who are making these presentations throughout our state and seven other states in the United States have programs modeled after the benchmarks program for their judges and lawyers. Okay. That we've been involved in assisting the creation of. Any feedback? We've had excellent feedback uh, from the programs that are in effect. And uh, by all our counts, you know, thousands and hopefully eventually hundreds of thousands of people will be impacted by this. There are 1.25 million lawyers, including judges in the United States. So even if 10 or 15% of them became involved in these programs, we'd reach a critical mass of people and make a critical difference. Okay. I think Judge Sisko would agree that all you have to do is do it once, right? Do That's one true. presentation right. and you're hooked because you're interacting with the public. You're having a good time. You're having fun. And they walk away having learned so much. And they're so much more appreciative, I think, of the system and how it works. Right. So it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, right. it really is. I actually did one at a career day at my son's elementary school, fourth graders, and I had to follow a veterinarian. And if you've ever done a career day and you had to follow someone with animals that the kids could touch, it's just, it's, it's very intimidating. <laughs> and when I've gone before, I've taken my bailiff and the kids love the bailiff. They love the handcuffs and the taser and they get really focused on that. The judge, not so much, but my bailiff couldn't go this time. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a benchmarks. And I used, we have one about the constitution. And so I, you know, I, I scaled it down and made it a little more user-friendly for fourth graders. And I was shocked at how much they, they just soaked it up like sponges. They were so excited. They were just, um, they all participated. And in fact, the guy that was speaking after me was a tattoo artist. And he said to me, he said, I can't believe I have to follow you. And I thought, wow, because I thought for sure the tattoo 
two artists would just, right. you know, the kids would be very excited to hear from. So it was, it was really great. It really was. And what um, Annette and Richard have done as far as developing this toolkit, it really is nothing short of miraculous. They've taken these really, what can be complex um, concepts, and they've boiled it down, and they've simplified it, and they have made it so easy for anyone to do a presentation. You simply go on the Florida Bar webpage, and you can um, right there get all the information, all the materials you need, and it's really plug and play. And they've just made it just a great thing, and they've done such a great service, not only for the Florida Bar, but really for lawyers and judges around the country. So they should, both of them should be greatly applauded for all they've done. Thanks very much for that, Michelle. And the other thing to keep in mind, I think, is that the research shows that a citizenry that has an understanding of the judicial branch of government and what it does and what judges do has a better respect and trust for that branch of government. You know, that's our objective. I agree with that. You know, we've uh, we've recently been covering a little bit of uh, some of the uh, unrest in reaction to police around the country, and and I think that that's uh, uh, when I, when we talk to people, one of the common comments is that. When you get a disconnect between the perception of justice, Mm -hmm. you feel that you are not part of it, you feel it doesn't apply, Mm -hmm. you feel that it's unfair, then you stop following it. And it it just, it's a point that just keeps getting driven back to me. The fabric in our society that holds us together with these laws is very thin and Mm -hmm. it needs maintenance. It sounds like we're overdue for some maintenance. So let me put you on the spot with just one like last fun question. Okay. Uh So it's just a fun question. So (laughs) at these program events that you're that you're participating at, and do these question and answer sessions, what is the most surprising question that you've had? Ooh. Judge Cisco, can we start I with you? You know, I'm trying to think because I have not been doing this as long as um, uh, Richard and Annette have. So I don't know. The, the one that was the most thought-provoking was I was at a Benchmarks training, and Annette, we talked about if you could devise your own constitutional amendment, right. what, would, what would your own constitutional amendment be? And it was really, it was very interesting to see what people's um, response were because in their responses, they tell you, what they think about the current amendments to the Constitution. And so that was really, that was really enlightening. You know, I've really enjoyed just watching people think differently about things, right? So I think they leave our sessions thinking constitutionally about things that, and applying the Constitution to everyday life. So that's really important to me. Also, you know, our motto is we're teaching people how to think, not what to think. Right. So it's not indoctrination. It's really just giving them the skills and the resources to come to their own conclusions about things. Right. So I, I'm not so sure that I've been really shocked, but uh, Richard, you may have your most recent um, presentation out of state was kind of shocking in some regards. Well, before I get to that, just <laughs> I, I don't know that I have had any shocking or surprising questions, but sometimes and oftentimes there are members of the audience who try to insert their political beliefs into the session. And one of two things almost always happens. Either the other audience members will let the person asking the question know how they think about that and they don't want that. Or if they don't do that, you just indicate that this is not the time or place, but you'd be happy to talk to them another time. But invariably earlier on, questions used to come up about the Bush-Gore Supreme Court decision. And I would always say, no matter what you think of the decision, it really doesn't matter. What really matters is that 
On the day that that decision was rendered by the U.S. Supreme Court, instead of tanks and troops outside the court, there were TV trucks and reporters outside waiting for the decision to be read by the, the clerk of the court or the public relations officer. And I don't think that there is another place on the earth where something like that would happen. And that usually ends that discussion because it answers the question about why we're there. Uh, I recently was uh, in North Carolina where I uh, made a presentation to f over 400 judges where they're creating a new benchmarks program, a program modeled after ours. And I asked some of the citizenship test questions and it was interesting to get the responses because immigrants studying for the test pass at a 97.5% rate on the civics education portion of a test. And our judges, while they did well, did not reached the 97% <laughs> level of knowledge. Right. He's not giving you the score. No. <laughs> no, we won't. I'm being we'll discreet. Be discreet. So I, I, when I said that was my last question, I lied, but I lied without malicious aforethought. So I did want to ask you what uh, what can people expect coming up this year, going 2015 into 2016 with your program? New lessons, definitely. New activities. We don't call them lessons, actually. But uh, we're going to do a case study on the state courts. So they're going to see how a case goes through our Florida courts. And and can go to the United States Supreme Court. So we're going to look at a search and seizure case uh, that goes through our state courts. We're going to do one on juries and um, how juries make decisions, and we're going to do a jury simulation. And um, so lots of other fun things. And Annette and I, in October, are going to the state of Washington, to Seattle, to help them create a benchmarks program for the Washington Judiciary and Bar, and also speak to the American Judges Association meeting, which is a national organization of judges, about the benchmarks program and helping create one for them. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our program for today, but I want to thank our guests, Judge Cisco, Ms. Pitts, and Mr. Uh, Levenstein for joining us today. And if our, if our listeners want to reach out and learn more about what you're doing, how can they get a hold of you? Well, they can contact us through staff at flrea.org or visit the Benchmarks page under Fair and Impartial Courts at the Florida Bar website. Well, this has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.